Welcome to something. Thanks for uh, clicking on another another episode of the podcast. So, yeah, let's talk some MMA. 279, I was talking about it on my last, uh, I gave you guys that little quickie right before the fights. Man, was that a show. Nate Diaz beat El Kakui, Tony Ferguson, to walk off into the sunset. Man, you couldn't have, like, wrote it up any better. Like, Nate Diaz really got that storybook ending that every fighter really dreams about. He went out on his own terms, and, I mean, I hear a lot of other people saying this, but I really do think the MMA gods, like, made this happen. I don't think it's, like, any conspiracy. None of that fucking Brendan Schaub shit. I don't think that's what actually happened. I think what happened was it's just these things like Nate Diaz's career. He just gave so much to the sport that in some weird like good karma way, the sport gave back to him. I mean, you just see so much stuff about the Diaz brothers right now. And it's really amazing what they did for the world of MMA and the sport. I mean, they completely changed the game. So, whatever they go off to do now, whatever Nate goes off to do now, I wish him the best of luck, and I hope that one day we get to see him again in the octagon, or if not, I'd like to see him in a boxing ring, I'd like to see him compete anywhere. I just think it'd be fun, fucking Stockton 209 shit, have him doing some slaps, let's go. Um, another result from the card. Let's talk about, uh, Kumshat Chemaev. I mean, Hamzat Chemaev. Oh, man, you guys can thank me later. That was really funny. I heard it, actually. I forgot where I heard it, but someone said that fucking Kumshat Chemaev. I'm dying. Yeah, Hamzat, uh, I don't know. He rubbed people the wrong way this last weekend. He just, something about how he, uh, handled himself, but... You can't say it's not marketable. Like everyone's been saying, I mean, the WWE has been doing it for fucking years since it was like the WWF, but you got that heel, you got the villain of the story, uh, and I mean, that person is popular even sometimes more than the hero, or the baby face is what they call it in wrestling. But uh, the reason is, it's because people are tuning in not just to... The people that like this guy are going to tune in, but also the people that want to see him fucking get his ass beat. Even though, as you can see by his performance, I don't know what it's going to take for us to see that. Because Hamza really fucking mollywhopped Holland. I mean, he, from the split second, I mean, you hear some people saying, oh, Holland went for the handshake and Hamza, like, ducked under the handshake and just took him down. I mean, if you watch it, it kind of looks like that. But at the same time, I mean, it's always preached. Defend yourself at all times. And I don't think it was malicious uh, on Hamzat's part anyway. I don't think that even if he did shake up or they did touch gloves or whatever, I don't think it would have really changed much of the fight. I mean, not saying anything bad against Holland. I think Holland is an amazing fighter. But he didn't prepare to fight a wrestler like Hamzat. And Hamzat may be the most dominant wrestler in the UFC today. I mean, you can make arguments. I mean, there's people like uh, Kobe Covington 
which I really hope if if Hamza is like got his mindset to stay at 175 or 170 pounds at welterweight I'd like to see him against Kobe next I know uh, we're gonna probably get this rematch between Edwards and Usman so even though Chimaev won I don't think he's gonna get a title fight anytime soon I mean it just the the dominance that Usman was as cha- as champion it just it's guaranteed that he gets that automatic rematch so unless uh Chimaev wants to go up to 185 I mean they got uh Paulo Costa up there he could fight him I know they had some beef I think that would be a great fight I think it'd be a good test for uh Hamza and I think he could really uh shut up a lot of his haters if he were to try to do that same thing to someone bigger like because Paulo isn't he isn't a small 185 he is a big 185 he might be the biggest 185 in the UFC like that man's at least walking around at like 220 when uh he's hydrated and not cutting after cutting the weight so it's definitely gonna be uh interesting to see what they do next i mean dana dana white has been uh basically saying that he doesn't think the stock of hamzat chamayev went down at all but from a lot of the people i've talked to especially casual fans even ones that are more casual than myself i'm considering myself the next level i finally surpassed casual i'm still a novice though but uh everyone i've talked to and a lot of the reports i've read they do think that he's lost some fans, but at the same time, they don't think his stock has gone down just because they think people are going to tune in to watch him lose. He's going to have that uh, almost that uh, Kobe Covington-esque uh, hatred. Like everyone just was hating him. I mean, Kobe kind of, his stick got kind of old. I mean, the Jorge Masvidal fight recently, I think it was pretty good, but... There's not much you can really do with that. Now, if they do face him, Kobe versus Hamzat, it's going to be interesting because it's two people that the majority of the fan base don't like and they're going to fight each other. I'd, I'd really like to see how they market that fight. I think it would be awesome. I think that could be a co-main event on a pay-per-view. I don't know if they would waste their time and do it at a fight night unless that fight night wasn't in uh, Vegas because why would you waste that in Vegas? But yeah, man, it's going to be fucking awesome. That's going to definitely sell sell tickets. So I definitely see them putting that on a pay-per-view. I don't know if it's a main event though for a pay-per-view. I could see it being a co-main event, but yeah, I don't know. I think they're still, I mean, Hamza, obviously they're going to put him on the main event for this card with Nate Diaz, but Nate Diaz already had that big name. Kobe's got a decent big name. I mean, he headlined in, uh, he headlined with uh, Jorge Masvidal, but they did so much build up for that fight with all the trash talking about each other's families. Well, it was mostly Kobe talking about Jorge's family and Jorge just like, you could tell he was pissed. I think it would be good, though. These two fight each other. They're both really good wrestlers. They're good wrestlers in different ways, though. Kobe's got that American wrestling style. Hamza, obviously, he's got his Dagestan style. And um, they're both decent on the feet. I personally think if they were to fight, probably cancel each other's wrestling out. And we're going to see them slug. And I think it would be interesting. 
so the third fight I'm going to talk about during the switcheroo that was 279 is the leech, my man Lee. He got screwed again, man. That man got screwed three times. I know a lot of people are saying Nate Diaz won three times. He's 3-0 from Saturday because he beat the UFC. He beat Hamzat Chemaev by basically calling him a bitch and saying he chickened out. And he beat Tony Ferguson. So that's why they're saying he's 3-0 from Saturday night. Now, in my opinion, the only person that's 0-3 from Saturday night is the Leech. Because... Or from this card in general so he got screwed over with the press conference he didn't get to wear his suit but in my opinion the whole suit thing definitely got more eyes on this guy i mean i know i wasn't talking about him before this uh before this weekend or this last weekend but i know it's been trending everywhere as oh yeah he didn't get to wear the suit even uh nate diaz was talking about the suit after the fact so it was kind of cool but yeah so he got screwed with the suit he got screwed in the matchup because he's the only one that ended up having to fight someone who was actually bigger than him against DR and uh, Daniel Rodriguez. And I think in the overall, that decision of that fight, I've heard multiple people say this, and I know Dana White's always said, don't leave it up to the judges, but I think the judges really, they screwed the pot on that one, man. I think, I think the leech really won that fight. I mean, I can speculate that all I want, but it's done. It's in the books. It's written. It's in stone, as they say. So all he can do now is kind of just keep going. I know I heard him on a different MMA show recently since the fights talking about how he was promised either a co-main event or a main event spot coming up soon and either like a fight night or a pay-per-view. I don't see them using him in a pay-per-view as a main event or even a co-main event. But I definitely see them putting him on a fight night as a main event. I mean, especially if they can talk him up some more. Put him up against an equally decent-sized name. I mean, he's got a little fan base growing. People want to see the suit. It suits him. Uh Uh-huh. See what I did there? All right, all right, all right. Let's talk... Let's talk about the fights coming up this weekend. Alright, alright, alright. So yeah, fight night this Saturday. We got Song Yadong versus Corey Sandhagen. Now, these are two bantamweight fighters towards the top of their divisions. Both are excellent fighters and got some. Both have had really good fights in their past. I mean, Song Yudong's got a win over my favorite bantamweight in the whole division, in the whole sport of MMA, Mr. Chito Vera. I ain't even gonna try to act like I'm not biased about him because he's my favorite. But Corey Sandhagen, he's had some good shows. I mean, he lost a split decision to TJ Dillashaw who's going to be fighting for the title. And he's also, uh, he fought Peter Yan, lost that one, but a lot of people said he looked like he should have won that fight. Um, and he's lost to the champion right now, uh, Sterling. But, I mean, he got his back, and when Sterling gets someone's back, it's almost a wrap guaranteed. 
But right now, the odds, when I last checked on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, we're looking at Corey's sitting at a minus 195 favorite and Song's a plus 165 underdog. Now, I'm not that big of a betting man, but I ain't going to brag. I did make a decent amount of money on the last fights on 279. I had a couple of parlays, and shout out to DraftKings for hooking us up because they had that plus 20% on a four-pick parlay that they did which was awesome even though I did uh, lose my one parlay but I ended up still ending up in the green I made I think uh, a decent profit on all my other bets but yeah I mean if I was gonna bet on this fight this fight's kind of I think these odds should be a lot closer than they are I don't think that uh, I mean no dirt on either of these guys, but I I think they're a lot closer than these odds are, are saying. Because, I mean, plus 165 seems very, uh, very high for an underdog for uh, Song Yudong. I think it should be a lot closer. And Corey Sanhagen, I mean, he looks great, and he's got a little bit more length on him. I think he's 5'11", and Song Yudong's 5'8", so he's got definitely got length on him. He's got a really good style of darting in and out and good on his feet. But I think Sonya Dong's got that power. I mean, he's got just as much power as Corey, if not more. And I think Song's going to be a little bit faster. So I think if I had a bet on this one, which I am saying I'm probably not going to bet on this fight because, like I said, these odds seem too close to me. And when the odds are too close and I don't really see a clear winner... I'm not going to make the bet, but if y'all had to ask me, and if I was going to put money, it's not going to be a high amount on this fight, but I'm actually going to go for the dog. I'm going song plus 165. I'd throw like five, $10 on that. Watch it turn around, double my money real quick. I mean, like I said, I think songs had, I mean, Corey's definitely had the harder fights as of late. But Song, I mean, something about his power just looks really good to me. And, I mean, he's got that decision win over my boy Cheeto Vera. And I think anyone that can beat Cheeto Vera is a good-ass fighter in my book because I think Cheeto Vera is definitely going to be a champion within the next year, year and a half. Uh, yeah. So the next fight on uh, this fight night I want to talk about really, and this is the only one else I was really going to talk about, was probably going to be Gregory Rodriguez versus Chitty Noguani. And I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. Uh, I like his nickname though. They call him Chitty Bang Bang. And this dude's got some power to him, man. He really does. He's looking good. I mean, I was watching his... uh, press conference uh interview and he's a little bit more confident when he's talking now but you can still see he's a little shy he's still got that uh greenness behind his ears you would say i don't know what the fuck that means but yeah i think i think uh chitty bang bang that's an awesome nickname but like i said man if i'm a betting man i think i'm actually gonna be taking gregory rodriguez on this one and let me double check real quick. I don't have these odds in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that this is another dog pick. So 
might as well say I'm in the doghouse for these fights because there's two dogs I'm putting it on. Now, I've been on a streak lately, so if I, yep, all right, so yeah, we're looking at right now, Chitty Bang Bang, minus 125 as a favorite, and Gregory Rodriguez is uh, plus 105, so it's pretty close, I mean, I, like I said, I'll probably throw a little bit on Rodriguez for this one, because I really do think that he just, I mean, if you look at their strike percentage, I mean, Chitty's definitely hit, has a higher percentage of hits that he's actually landing. His accuracy is a lot better. But Gregory's definitely got the uh, advantage for volume. He's laying a lot more on him. And I think that neither of these guys are going to like step forward. They're just going to be going at each other. They both got power. They both got length. Uh, but I think that volume's really going to come in as clutch for uh, Rodriguez so yeah I'm going Gregory Rodriguez on this one and that's the bet for that fight uh, I'll throw a couple just like quick quick ones at you from this card like I said those are the only two I really looked at that I wanted to if I was going to put bets on I'm going to watch all the fights but if I was going to put bets on it probably be those two um, but if you're looking for a favorite to go uh, Tanner Bosher I think he's really looking good. His wrestling defense is great. He's a minus 165 underdog, which isn't too bad. I would put some money on him if you're looking for someone for a parlay. I think he is definitely a good pick. Uh, other than him, another fight. Uh, Andre Felili. Fili, Fili, I don't know. Versus Bill Alargo. Alajo. I was kind of looking at their fights and their interviews. Um, and Bill was saying how he thinks Andre's chin is deteriorating. I don't know about that, but I do think Bill's got a little bit of... I was looking at both their fights. And if I had to guess on this one, I might go for the dog again. So I might go Bill. He's plus 110 as an underdog. Andre's a minus 130. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't like how much I'm in a doghouse on this one. But yeah, those were the fights I'd probably bet on for this fight night. And uh, like I said, that Sonya Dong, he's got power. I think I think we might see a little bit of an upset. I'm curious to see how these odds change over the next couple days. Usually leading up to the pay-per-view or fight night, the day of or the day before, the odds really start changing. I mean, these two... I mean, in my opinion, are great fighters and should be well-known, but I don't think this is going to get as much clout or following on this night. So we'll see how much these odds change, but I'm probably going to lock in my bets tomorrow about these ones. So we'll do uh, we'll do this song and we'll throw some on Gregory, maybe a little bit on Tanner uh, Bosher, and we'll see what happens. I don't know. I might do a three-round a three parlay. We'll see if there's any odds to do it from that, but... Yeah, let's get into some more MMA knows or, or news knows. Who am I? Ariel Hawani knows. Get it? Get it? Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so via the bloody elbow MMA news, fighters are not getting a kickback from the Project Rock footwear deal for the UFC. 
I, when I read that, I was really in shock because, I mean, since they announced this deal, if you guys have been watching the UFC, they've had everybody wear the new Project Rock shoes. I mean, it's the red shoe, the white bottom. They have everybody from all the fighters, all the cut people, the cut men, the fucking staff. Everybody's wearing it. I think the only people that aren't are like the analyst or the like the interviewers or the commentators and stuff. I don't think they're wearing it, but everyone else is wearing Project Rock shoes. I really thought the fighters would get some sort of kickback from this. I mean, you think, I mean, Project Rock is a huge, I mean, they're through Under Armour, I believe, and it's a huge company. They're making a lot of money. I mean, I was familiar with their brand way before this, and I mean, I'm a big Rock fan, but... This is really disheartening to me because I believe these fighters should get more money in general from sponsors. I don't think necessarily the UFC the UFC is underpaying them. I know they're trying to pay them better. And I know Dana White be acting a little shady sometimes about saying if he gave people bonuses or not. And it's all debated. But I do agree with something Francis Ngannou said. And that was like, oh, why can't the fighters have like some like company approved sponsors like one or two i'm not saying like you got a whole like blast your shorts out with everybody in the sun like back in the day but it would be nice if they could have like a couple like not necessarily it's not like the ufc has to go out and look for these sponsors if the fighters could find these sponsors and then the company just approves them make sure it's not some dumb shit like condom depot again we could uh, we could see the fighters make more money and the UFC wouldn't even be the ones having to pay them. I think it's something they should consider. I mean, they don't have to put it on the shorts. I know they have a lot of deals with uh, Reebok and Venom. And so a lot of that stuff, they can't really, until those contracts are done, they can't really uh, violate them. And I'm guessing that means no adding on logos on shorts. Shoes now with Project Rock, you can't. Or uh, warm-up gear you can't with Venom. But, I mean, they could maybe even do... I mean, fighters used to put flags out behind their backs prior, uh, when they're reading out the fighters' names and the tale to take. I think if they were to do some sponsor like that, I mean, that would be awesome. Or if they had something like that where they could at least put out some sort of sponsor maybe even something where they could put the logo on their gloves i mean the ufc on those gloves so maybe something like that i don't know just something it's something the ufc should consider because think you're getting your fighters happy you're making your fighters happier by paying them more but you're not the ones paying them more you're they're getting more money from these sponsors i mean you got to watch out so you're not losing money but at the same time you have all these other like sponsorships that are you're getting the money from i know they gave some sort of kickback for reebok but i'm not really sure about venom and from all the accounts project rock they're not getting any sort of kickback i mean i was a little heated at first when i read this i really was i mean especially like i said i'm a big rock fan myself i like the rock but i mean you could see how pissed some of the fighters were nate diaz was talking about it during his fight he said he's like these shoes fucking suck I mean, I don't know if he's just saying that because he's pissed at the UFC and like the reasons I said, or if he actually didn't like them. I mean, it's just something to think about UFC. I mean, just, just think about 
sponsors pay your fighters you don't have to pay them as much i mean you still pay them what you're getting them they're getting more money they're happy you're happy sponsors are happy you know who is going to benefit from all that at the end of the day it's us the fans we're going to be more happy i mean there's nothing else i can really say about that um and then i'm just going to announce real quick something i just read they just announced ufc fight night 63 on october 29th will be headlined by Kelvin Cater versus Arnold Allen, which is going to be an awesome fight. I can't wait to see that. Um, Arnold Allen, another UK fighter that's been on the rise, and he's been looking hot. I mean, I talk about him all the time on the Believe You Me podcast, which a shout-out to the BYM podcast. I mean, it's one of my favorite MMA podcasts out there. Michael Bisping, Anthony Smith. They'd be rocking it. I mean, they got Harrington. It's just, it's a funny podcast to listen to. Uh, yeah. I think that's going to be a good fight, though. Arnold Allen, I can't see. I haven't looked at the lines for this one yet. I'm not sure if they're even on any sort of uh, gambling website. But I don't see, I don't see Cater being the favorite. I really think Arnold Allen's going to be the favorite in this fight. And if he's not the favorite in this fight... If he's the underdog, I'm betting some serious cash on Arnold Allen. I can't see Arnold Allen losing this fight, to be honest. And that's no knocking Kelvin Cater. Kelvin Cater is one of the best boxers in the UFC. Like, overall, not just in his division. But Arnold Allen is just something special. I mean, I've been saying it, and he's on that crazy win streak. I think he's going to do a great job. So, yeah, man. We got some awesome fights coming up, uh, and we've had some awesome fights this weekend. Last weekend, I'll talk more about these fights probably after the fact. <coughs> Crap, uh, after the fact. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, man. If you guys have any questions, please send them out. I mean, we'll um, keep running the show, running MMA. Maybe I'll start throwing some non-MMA at you guys too, but. Yeah, everything's been looking pretty good. I mean, my picks have been doing me some good, so hopefully they'll do you guys some good if you put some money down. And uh, let's all just hope that the leech has a better, better, a better next fight. Because I mean, this last one he just got screwed so much it was hard to see. I mean, I'm I'm hoping for him. I mean, people are calling him the Chinese Paulo Costa, <laughs> and uh, that's another guy too, Paulo Costa is somebody who I mean a lot of people didn't like for a long time but the more I hear him and see him online with his secret juice I think he's hilarious I think if they do decide to make that fight with him versus Hamza I would love to see that uh so yeah thanks for checking out welcome to something please share this podcast I know we've been going in a different direction with MMA now instead of my Wacky all over the podcast, everywhere, all at once, broken ass, yeah, you know, you know it, but please share it with somebody, share it with MMA fans, I mean, I want everyone to hear it, Getting into this is the best sport in the world, and uh, if you don't agree, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, you're stupid, anyway, have a great night, guys. La, 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 la.